Hello and welcome to a brand new year of NTC Audio 2020. Oh man, this is a super exciting year. I have so many fun things planned for you all to hear. And in today's episode is a one of those things I was talking about last year. I have a new guest and this is the first time we are doing an off-site location. He is in Texas and I am here in San Diego and we are going to be discussing entrepreneurship, especially in the age of digital media. So my guest today is Brian Lemus. He is currently living in Austin, Texas, and I met him back in college. We both went to Texas State and he, it was kind of funny, he started Texas State going into the School of Music to do performance for the bassoon, and I went to the Texas State <laughs> School of Music to do um, percussion performance. But then our lives dramatically changed a little bit, but thankfully to that, we're moving forward into some great, uh, you know, new adventures. And so, hey, Brian, what's up? How's it going? What's up, Nick? Yeah, this is great, man. Um, Great time to be here and also back from Texas State. Yeah, I know. And so went through our college life and then we didn't talk for about seven years or so. And now we're re-meeting up here in real life. And it turns out our paths have kind of um, converged again. That's true. Um, I thought, you know, I randomly booked a $28 flight to San Diego because yeah. when do you not buy a $28 flight <clears throat> in America? <laughs> and and to San Diego. And to San Diego. Um, and so then I finally get there and I'm like, wait, doesn't Nick Chamberlain live here in San Diego? And message you on Messenger and, and you got to meet up and hang out. And um, yeah, just being able to, it's so crazy to be able to finally say that we both work in digital, Catholic digital media, particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then um, talked about some entrepreneurship ideas and just like different uh, stuff from my background in business as well. And uh, yeah, I'm really glad to be on here today to chat with you about that. Yeah, thanks. Welcome again. And I just wanted to tell a quick story, you know, about how I met Brian. Brian invited me to go to this cookout by the river at Texas State. And I was like, oh, yeah, I love cookouts, free food. Uh, and I get there, there are these huge Greek letters. It was like a lambda and a Omega and Alpha, these LOA letters. And then this one person ran up to me. He's like, hey, are you interested in pledging for our fraternity? And I was like, oh, no, not at all. Like, how? why would I be interested in that? I came here to join in on some a cookout for some free food. Oh, of course. And then it turned out he kind of tricked me into... <laughs> coming to this pledge event and try to get me into this um, Catholic uh, service fraternity. But, you know, I just kind of um, politely uh, declined that offer, but I did enjoy the free food, and then I did enjoy the company. And then about a week later, um, someone called me and said, are you sure you're not interested in pledging for this fraternity? I was like, I'm still not interested but thank you for asking. But it's funny, the next day, I was, I don't know, I kind of had this aching feeling in my heart, like, you need to say yes. And I was like, all right, I said yes. This is like something I never wanted to do in my entire life. Mm, guilt trip, man. And then just long story short, 
I ended up loving the fraternity. And then I, at one point, ended up becoming the president of the fraternity. So this one organization I did not want to join, I became president. And then that has kind of led me down my path of, um, you know, doing work for the for the church just and utilizing my, uh, you know, skills as an audio engineer to promote that message and to help others out to promote their message um, uh, as an audio engineer. So thanks, Brian, for that. <laughs> it's an amazing. No, yeah, it, I think that was a, <clears throat> we always say God uses crazy, mysterious ways to to bring us back to him. And, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's funny when you told me that story, I was like, what? I tricked you into this. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even remember that. Um, but I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure it was like, what dude can say no to free barbecue and like <laughs> yeah. just hanging out at Soul Park, right? Yeah. And um, just chilling. But uh, yeah, man, no, I mean, it's interesting how you said how God like used you and then like you it set you on your path there. And, and for me, like, you know, definitely getting involved with my faith and with brothers there and then being able to go deeper into my faith, like in focus Bible studies and get involved focus. That's what kind of led me, you know, even afterwards to start, um, you know, really thinking about how can I best serve the Lord and in, in these current times that we live in. Yeah. And just uh, moving forward, it's just even more crazy, I was looking at or thinking about our um, education. I entered into the sound recording technology program, mm-hmm. and then you entered into the business program, and then you eventually got your MBA at the Benedictine College. Yeah. And then just moving forward now, I am, um, and so I have all these audio skills, but not so much business skills. And now you have all these business skills, and you're trying to implement all these audio skills and so now we both find each other and so i'm helping you with your you know audio production and you're starting to help me with like my business setup and then it's just been super exciting absolutely so that's also what i want to talk about on today's podcast is just you know what is entrepreneurship and then like just some business uh, skills and tricks and tips because that's something i'm really trying to learn about and i'm glad i have you on this podcast to talk about it awesome man yeah i'm really excited to dive right in all right so tell me a little bit about your just kind of background in business and where you started and like how you got to where you are today yeah man so that starts when i was about five years old so my <laughs> my family and don't worry it's not going to be like a whole hour long of what yeah. brian's life is like but you know five years old because my 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 grandfather was an entrepreneur who came from mexico like with nothing on his back 13 years old uh came across the border when there was amnesty and stuff like that and you could just walk across and uh you know he started this store was uh we came from a line of natural entrepreneurs and, um, and so my, my dad growing up, you know, when, you know, raising four boys and, you know, trying to, trying to get all the bills and stuff like that, when he came to summer vacation, he's like, you know, here's a certain amount you can have for your vacation. Or if we start, uh, if we sell something, then, you know, we sell some candy apples, we sell some kind of candy for the July 4th weekend, you know, cause we lived like in a prime spot. Um, then we could actually have a better, you know, vacation. And stuff. So that's how we pitched us mm-hmm. basically into child labor. But, you know, at the same <laughs> time, um, my parents were teaching me such a valuable lesson that I didn't even know what they were teaching me because, you know, there I am walking down my little radio flyer 
And, you know, pretty much the first sale I ever made is because I was a cute little baby offering it up. <laughs> right. But it was when I had an apple, yeah. a candy apple, a finished product and offering mm-hmm. it to someone there and they gave me money for that. So all of a sudden I didn't know what the, you know, coffee for closures type of thing, right. Or the latest, you know, Wolf of Wall Street type of uh, techniques to sell. But I knew when I offered something valuable into the marketplace, then people would compensate me or they wouldn't compensate me, right? Like, and mm-hmm. so, and then also having a cute face while you do it really helps out a lot in your closing deals. <laughs> so that's what I would say, like, you know, the earliest times that I could say that I learned entrepreneurship and, you know, and why it's so specific because not everybody growing up has that experience. I don't know about you. Did you ever go sell a candy apple like that growing up? No, not at all. That was like actually my nightmare was yeah. when... At elementary school, they said, all right, here are some candy bars, go sell (laughs) them. And I would basically just have my mom buy like five or six candy bars. And that was the extent of my (laughs) entrepreneurship as a young age. It was not something that I ever thought I would get into at all. Absolutely. And, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk is an entrepreneur I I follow. And, um, you know, he really talks about how self-awareness is key. And, And really one of the things too is that, you know, entrepreneurship is not for everybody. So, you know, I guess to anybody listening to this and they're kind of like, you know, freaking they've done five years into this whole entrepreneurship thing and they're just like, you know, knocking their head around like I I want it so bad. I just, I just don't I can't get it. Well, one is like you might just not have it like that. That's just the reality there, because there there's a lot of things that are going into a lot of factors. Um, but the, the reality is, is that, um, you know, there are certain things of whenever you have to be risk averse, you know, if you're risk averse where you don't really want to take those chances, you really want to kind of play it safe. There's nothing wrong with being an employee, just knowing what are the, what are the ramifications of the box I kind of put myself in and, you know, and, and knowing that that here's a safe play, but, you know, entrepreneurship, like the mm-hmm. definition of it is risk. Like the definition of it is to be able to go out there and, and to take a risk. And so, um, you know, really when I got into my EMBA, I, I actually did politics before that. So I, I was in politics like uh-huh. a lot longer before like from the age of 16. So being able to talk to people and going up to the dude like that, there was, there was that skill set that was actually being, being welded. Yeah. Um, and then when I finally wanted to keep my soul and get out of politics and realizing like it was destroying <laughs> my soul, um, and you know, Jesus came in the mix and totally changed my life. Um, at a focus conference and um <clears throat> you know that was when i started realizing okay my career was like was like way you know top priority and my my faith was like lower priority so there was already th- there was already this kind of like hybrid thing happening one day i knew that i'd be able to utilize business and my faith and and put it together and you know but it was all about just this journey to how to do that and so i launched a nonprofit when i did focus for 2 years of the fellowship of Catholic university yeah. students and um, felt a call to actually heal the family. And so that was like a continuation. I thought I was going to go back in the professional field and kind of just go and, and work in politics or, you know, be a lobbyist for, you know, for at least the bishops try to do that. But that wasn't what God's plan mm-hmm. was for me. And uh, so in the midst of that, the, our Bishop um, at the time, uh, what can I think Archbishop Nauman in Kansas city, uh, he had commissioned us and, hey, go go get you an MBA so then you can know how to run this organization. Um, <clears throat> and then I'll put mm-hmm. my full busting on it. And so we went, went to Benedictine and did this executive master of business administration. And so what that does is it allows you to have skill sets mm-hmm. that um, 
when it comes to running an organization, when it comes to running a business, you're able to see like not necessarily be like the finance guy or not necessarily be, you know, um, the strategist or anything like that. But it gives you skill sets to where you could be able to hire people and know if they actually got it or they don't. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of like one of the big advantages I think that I had had going into now where I'm at now, I work, I work for LifeSite News, you know, um, and this is my first year. I went in on Alina Guadalupe and, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on, but I think ultimately what the Lord had really gave me a calling was um, to kind of start start meshing these more together, right? So uh, I went to Rome for a little bit, like yeah. we, were, we were talking about earlier, um, and did master's in marriage and family and formation there. Um, so I feel like I've been formed in one of the highest levels of my faith and then also now the highest levels of business. So now it's time to execute. And I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs struggle is like, how do I actually execute my strategy or, you know, do I even have a strategy and we're just kind of shooting from the hip and stuff. So, um, and, and that's where, you know, um, yeah, so I guess that's kind of my background in business and stuff. And I mean, as, as far as where it goes, I, I didn't want to dive in too deep wherever your questions are at but you know if you, yeah yeah no no i love all of that no that's very interesting and it just makes me realize and think i still have a lot to learn and grow in like understanding what it means to be an entrepreneur or a business person on my end so you know i launched my business ntc audio not even a year ago and i'm just firing from the hip i mm-hmm. didn't have any plan or anything and I kind of have a vision for it, but I really want to understand what it means to develop a plan and um, to see what I can provide for people. So currently, I you know, I just was like, well, I need a side job. I live here in Southern California. I have two kids and a wife. I need to provide a little more and I need to grow and to develop my skills. And so one of my coworkers, I was just kind of talking to him about this. He's like, well, you only work here eight hours a day. I was like, oh, okay. And there's 24 hours in a day. I was like, yes, and, but I also have a wife and two kids. So it's, <laughs> yeah. and so I, I think he was like kind of telling me, well, you could, you know, go get another job. And I was like, well, I can't really do that. Well, I guess maybe I could, but I also realized I have a bunch of, you know, all these gifts and talents that I can use. How can I use those and utilize them to help people out? And I was like, oh, I'm pretty good at audio. I know how to edit podcasts. So I'll start selling my services to people to edit podcasts. And so I was like, so I went onto the internet. I said, hey, world, um, I will edit your podcast. Please hire me. Yeah, And I'm starting to realize that that's not the best <laughs> business platform to go after. Uh, I mean, the best, um, strategy. you know, message strategy. And so now I'm starting to like, you know, read some books and to learn about like entrepreneurship and like a business. And I'm starting to develop a plan and some strategy to, uh, execute. And so I'm interested, you know, to learn more about that and, um, any ideas you have on that. Absolutely, man. Um, you know, and starting a business today, it's one of the greatest times. And I'm quoting Gary Vee because I, I just I love this guy so much. Uh, spoil, you know, not spoiler, but advisory that you know he does. He's a lot of crass language. So you know, if you go there and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the audio referred me to this, and it's like totally hurting my ears. <laughs> um, that that's your yeah. He's, he's intense. intense and stuff. And so um, you know, but a lot of what he talks about, and I like I like when, I'm going to go back to like the very thing he first said. 
you identified you're like I have my wife and my two my, my kids, right? Yeah. And like that that's ultimately where every entrepreneur needs to start off first. Like what is your why? And you know, Simon Sinek has a great book called Start with Why. Um and mm-hmm. and so many people because here's the thing, all right? So one one of the talks that I heard from Gary, he was like, you know, <clears throat> you can fool somebody on altruism, right? You can fool somebody really quickly that you are planning to go save all the whales in the world, or you have this mission that's going to change the entire world. And you can fool people for that for the, maybe the first couple of years. But then when stuff gets real, right. And, and you're not making any money and you're not able to um, provide, you're not able to really kind of see there's a future there, but you know that there's a passion, there's a, there's a drive there. Um, if that is not founded in true self-awareness and what your purpose is, you're going to, you're going to quit. You're, you're going to just like fizzle mm-hmm. out and, and, and not have, and not make it work. Right. They always talk about having skin in the game. Um, and I used to think that that was like a marketer's trick. I mean, it, it is kind of a way like to be able to get people to buy something, but there is a psychological aspect when you pay a lot of money for a certain resource and and outside of you know you don't know how you're going to be able to make it up or pay it back besides that this product has to work or this service needs to be sold um there's something that literally switches on and i'm i remember being when i first started off in illuminate uh, that was my nonprofit that i had started mm-hmm. um i i got onto someone's email list and i had been on it for like uh, this guy named Kiala for like a whole two years right and i'd get his emails i loved reading them Cause they were just kind of like punchy and like tuning your face, you know, stuff like that. But I'd always get some value from it. And, um, and so finally it was one random day sitting on literally the floor. Cause I did not know what I was going to do next. I had recruited two people and they were not fundraising anywhere near. One of the girls was so committed to this mission and vision that I had pitched her that she was using all of her savings to basically be a part of this. Mm. So I'm like, okay, Brian, like you need to step it up. Like you need to be able to like, uh, provide something for them. Like, you know, because other than that, like these people are just wasting your time. And it was also checking me on my, my why, right? Like, is this mission to heal the family actually worth a damn? Like, is it worth something that people are going to spend their life savings on, you know, just to be a part of it because you can't actually pay for them to be here. So I clicked on this link and lo and behold, I bought into this thing to this cashback website. And it was like this opportunity. And there, it was obviously it's like, too good to be true but some kind of shit. i was just so desperate and but the one thing that really got me was that i was able to talk to kiala i was able to talk to a real person and see him on screen and um and finally when um he had actually said hey we're actually having a live event next week and since you're an action taker like i would i would highly suggest for you to come out of san diego california which is funny because you know i was just telling you about this when i was over there um this conference that yeah. i came to for the marketing and so lo and behold not only did i go over there i actually sold somebody face to face this idea and they bought into it as well and then we both went to san diego and so so it was like already okay now not only do i have people skinning the game for this nonprofit that's probably failing i now have this new risky business that could be a scam i don't know but i definitely convinced them enough to buy into this so we go to san diego we got this hotel we're not even staying in the hotel the event because it's way too expensive it's staying at the Westin like downtown yeah. and um and sure enough though but like being able to network with Kiala, he was a he was a six-figure earner then and so at that moment like i mean this dude's making money with it so he knows how to do it but it became real for me 
that at the event there were a lot of like when I thought that I had bought snake oil, there was a guy named Mike Bernhoff and he's a he's a basically like a Tony Robbins kind of guy. And he gave this mindset training. And when I realized how foundational that mindset training will come to be in my life, um, if I hadn't taken that plunge, literally if anything everything else failed, that would have been worth it because I had invested mm-hmm. in my mindset training that we're raised like you that's why that's why i started off with that like you know how were you raised because i was raised by selling apples and cutting candy rates and like you know selling out the womb so um many people would say like oh how'd you do it why would you do it to your kids you know but then at the same time you know you were saying like i was always risk averse so like how would that event would have put you in a like propelled you forward to give you that experience so young to be able to say okay this is something that i can do you know i can provide value to the marketplace yeah um and so I, I think I think that's exactly when I realized there that whole company did fall like fold, but the entrepreneur who got me had that same responsibility of saying like, hey, back to what Gary Vee was saying, like, if this is not true, then you are a scam artist and you are a true con artist, like, right? Um, uh-huh. But if you have a product that, um, so all of a sudden Keala realized his product was himself. So I actually got to be mentored by him. I was learning about marketing funnels before anything i never learned any of this in business school learned any of this in college because this is how you make money online so you know how to build uh-huh. an email list how to be able to to know your marketing funnel know the process um you know building landing pages ab split testing so you know what converts yeah. uh what are yeah. conversion rates so i'm just throwing a lot of these these terms out there because if anybody has never heard those before mm-hmm. then you know, you need to fire whatever mentor you have right now and, or, you know, whatever business stuff that you're buying yeah. because if they're not teaching you these things and that's not the practical way you're going to make money with your business online. Um, so, yeah, so the, the, mm-hmm. those are just those things that when, when I came back, um, you know, it was, uh, it, and, and I actually put my, I had about a thousand in savings and I, uh, I made it back because I wound up recruiting two other guys in, in that thing, in that business. So I made my money back. But then when the business failed, it was a horrible feeling. It was the worst feeling in the world. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, and so it was in a sense because I was selling them on what this other entrepreneur was selling me, snake oil. But at the same time, you know, <laughs> Keala even says, though, too, he's like, he's like, dude, how many scams have I bought in my lifetime of being an entrepreneur for 15 years to get where I'm at? He's like, a lot. He's like, and I've been totally duped. I've, you know, gone to go ask family friends for money to, like, help me with this business idea. And, you know, and then it just fails. He's like, so in entrepreneurship, the reason why entrepreneurship is not necessarily meant for everybody is because it has such a high fail rate. And, and you know, you have to be comfortable with failing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the one thing he taught me so much was, you know, failing, failure is an option. Giving up is not. Right. So, so whenever it comes back to that altruism or your mission, your why, that if your why doesn't make you cry, it's not big enough. And... And that's what we would always, I always heard about that. And so when it comes to my why, I'm, I remember when he and the family, you know, it really started folding out this mission oh, yeah. because yeah. really um, like my brother, you know, he was, a, he was a young parent. He had a child who was 18. The struggle that he was going through, just to, the adversities that he, he, he went through to be able to raise his kid. Like, you know, that was something that really, uh, you know, divorce hadn't hit my family yet. Like all these things like hadn't really hit there, but that was the one thing that I said, you know, if there is a way that we can be able to heal families and, and find ways to, so 
the thing to help my brother navigate in this, you know, non-traditional family situation, then that would be worth it. You know, that, that's mm-hmm. something that, um, yeah. I mean, I remember like my family too, like going up, like we had, there was a lot of issues like, you know, in, uh, in with money and stuff like that, not with in my immediate family, but extended family and led it to like a huge domestic violence dispute. So like that was, you know, you look back in your life and you start seeing like, okay, those are the things that wired me the ways that I was now. Did I go, how did I deal with those things? And, and what ways can I go and make change about that? Because I could have easily just gotten depressed and gone on drugs and did so many things to like, to cope with that yeah. situation. But by the mm-hmm. grace of God, he gave me the ability to rise above that, seek the healing that I need. And even to this day, to still find healing for that. Um, but mm-hmm. being healed enough to be able to say, this is my mission in life is to heal other families, to find the healing in my family, to be able to give that to others. And, uh, and that, that led me, you know, this is, this is very raw, right? <laughs> I'm just yeah, like, yeah. unscripted. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, that, that led me to be able to, when I guess I want to put all that to be able to say, what was the reality of the five years that I started as a nonprofit entrepreneur, Catholic entrepreneur, right. Of like wanting this nonprofit because nonprofit is basically, it's structured the same as a profit company, for-profit company, except you have a million and one yeah. ways you can go to jail by breaking it it's so dumb (laughs) because so many people have messed up the rules they have like exploited you know obviously they have like jet planes you know all these crazy people i don't know how they get away with that but then like if i didn't sign a certain document or if i withdraw it on tuesday you know like it was like illegal and i'm like what the heck so So, by the way, I don't suggest, I mean, I, I honestly suggest you go into a place called the Foundation Group if you ever want to uh, get a nonprofit launched off. They, uh, they basically, it's like a couple grand, but um, they basically are a group of lawyers and accountants that will, that will build your whole nonprofit, like from the ground up and get you approved. They have a 100% approval rate, so they never get uh-huh. denied. Um, anyways, so for a nonprofit people who want to be social entrepreneurs out there. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say was that, dude, I lived in basements. Like basically when I went to that Dubly conference in San Diego, I was living in a closet in Addison, Kansas. Like it was legitimately the size of a closet enough for like a, like a bed, bed frame and my clothes. <laughs> and that was it. And, uh, and I was living with the missionaries that I, I had just like left focus. And so it was kind of awkward, like being able to live there. Um, and then I moved to this like random house that we were at a parish and like, you know, like this family was just kind of taking care of me and stuff like that. So, you know, and then at one point, you know, when it came to like, was his mission something that I was willing to lay my life for, um, like living in a basement, you know, and, and literally trying to navigate it and make it work. So a culmination of those five years and then obviously living in two years in Italy, where, you know, I had fundraised enough to be able to like live the struggle, <laughs> like a thousand bucks a month in, in, in Rome, Italy doesn't go too far. Um, it pays the bills and enough to eat and, um, but not to like thrive and, you know, have all this crazy stuff. But anyways, I, I like, I, I was just saying that like that, that's the realness. I think that no entrepreneur, because I'm not trying to sell your product here, right? I'm actually trying to get value. Um, and I yeah. think that's, that's the reality. I wish someone would have given me that talk, what to really expect. Um, you know, and even if then, you know, I probably would have been like, all right, cool. Mine is still bigger than all that. So, and now I'm like thinking about my, um, position. I can't really take intense risks because I still have to provide for a family, but I'm also still trying to 
build myself up and, you know, tr- try to help up my family even more by starting, you know, my own business. But then I guess some people can't take some of those risks, you know, like you did and to like, you know, go live like in a one bedroom and like super small and like hardly eat anything. That's right. And so I think there's also another way to continue to build up your career. And that's like what the company that you're working for, you can help build them up as much as you can and like start thinking outside of the box for them. But that will also help build you up as a person. And that's a new term that you introduced to me. It's entrepreneurship. Did I say that right? Yeah, no. Entrepreneurship, by the way, is what I wind up learning my EMBA. And I Mm -hmm. didn't even know it was a thing. Um, It makes sense. But let's say, yeah, exactly. Like you're not the risk averse type of entrepreneur. You're not the person out there who's going to go you know, buy into a potential Ponzi scheme, whatever, and go fly to San Diego to this conference, right? So, like, the thing is, though, which I, here's the thing, I don't want to knock live events because one, like, live events make things real for you. So, if you're ever in an opportunity or there's, like, an association of sound engineers of, like, you know, people who are in the same boat as you, yeah, get together because those are called masterminds. And we can talk a little, that could be, like, a little special bonus content at the end. We'll talk about yeah. what the importance of masterminds are for. But, um, to your point of being an entrepreneur, so right now, right, what I, I wind up, I was working at Samsung, and then I got this email that I got. I had apparently applied. I forgot I applied for this conference that was in, happened in Rome, sponsored by LifeSite News, mm-hmm. and LifeSite they, they said we're getting twenty young people to come together to be formed in the faith and to defend the church in the future to build a network of young people, and um, and we would love for you to be on that. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm pretty much for sure like throwing away like kind of just like giving up throwing in the towel um and gonna pass it on to somebody else but i'll come and share about this stuff and so um i i took some time off and i went to rome and um the first thing john henry says like what do you got to do for for, what do we have to do for you to work for us and i'm like well that's kind of strange like you know they just (laughs) met you for the first time and um and you know ultimately it was a beautiful conference and beautiful way and i was the oldest one there yeah. Out of all the young people. And I became like this like sage, you know, Key and Pilgo brothers, 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 you know, like <laughs> it was kind of like sharing my wisdom. Um, but then I realized really quickly that, you know, I was like, I'll pray about it. So as I prayed about it, it became clear and clear that like Our Lady and like the Lord is asking me to leave <laughs> like nine, potential 90K with Samsung as I started like crazy growing with them. But, you know, to somehow give this life site news a chance and and, you know, I applied and I didn't hear back for like a month. But from the moment I got hired on, John Henry was like, well, we don't have a job description for you, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Well, yeah, I'm like, okay. So it's like <laughs> kind of like a blank check of a, a job opportunity. Yeah. Well, this is where entrepreneurship really, really comes in whole because here's the thing. That's a make or break thing. Like either you got it or you don't and it's not going to be a good fit. But John Henry had like a hunch, like, okay, he saw my resume. He saw the stuff that I was doing, Project Illuminate. Like he could be able to see that it, 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 we may not actually know what we need right now, but someone like Brian could come help build something for us that we may need that we don't even know. Yeah. So yeah. the first thing that, you know, they brought up on uh, there, hey, well, why don't you like, you know, start building the podcast platform for us? I'm like, like for me, I had never really done podcasts. I don't, I, I think I mentioned it in my interview, like I did we started branching off into podcasting, but we like, we never really made it a thing. So 
but apparently there was like, okay, Hey, if that's, what's going to help me like, you know, do this thing. So I, I went to YouTube, man. I literally went to YouTube and was like, what are like, you know, and started doing my research and, you know, and I came across our current podcast platform, um, literally helped build all the framework for that. And, and literally, um, and then we had, they already had had a vision for like, three, here's the thing. They had a vision for like three years that they know they would need to do podcasts. And, and I think like in 2013, they were doing podcasts way before it was a thing, but no one took on to it. Like they were like, John Henry was like, dude, we were recording people and like having audio files, people download and stuff, but no one ever did it. And it was just too early. So now when it came to applying this there, we broke 1.2 million downloads in one, in one year. Oh, wow. um, right. And you started. Yeah. Yeah. And so from when, when I started and, you know, granted, you know, there it's a team effort, right? But yeah being able to build a platform and then actually help build a standard operating procedure and SOP of like, how do we record? How do we submit? Who, who uploads, who does this stuff like that? That's, that's definitely a streamlined procedure that I wind up learning in, in my past experience, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and crazy behind that, I, you know, I won't go into every step of the way, but I wind up building four brand new platforms for LifeSite in one year. Mm-hmm. And, and that was taking the wow. same entrepreneurial things that I had been doing for so long and just executing them inside of an organization that was willing to be innovative and wanting to take their stuff to the next level. So that's the definition of entrepreneurship. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, as a person, you're really want, wanting to build yourself. You're wondering like, okay, should I start my own business or should I just continue to stay at where I'm at and like help build them up? But this is like super helpful or the person that's like, all right, I'm tired of being where I'm at right now. I need to make it to the next level. And um, you gave us a lot of great insight on that. And now um, I just want to get your thoughts and opinion on, you know, what it's going to be like to be an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur in the, you know, <laughs> 2020 and um, the future ahead. What do you think? Yeah, well, you know, I, I want to, before I get to these, like, kind of these statements here, you talked about, like, being at home, uh, like, if you're, if you're married and you have your families like that, and, and going back to what your boss or your coworker told you, right, like, you know, there's 24 hours in a day, you work eight hours, you're Catholic answers. So, um, you know, being able to put the grind until, like, it, 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 it makes, yeah, until really you're your what's it called your financial goals and defining mm-hmm. what success is for you yeah. um your your financial goals are covered or a little bit more than what you make in your job then you can go full-time and do that so the side hustle culture is real in 2020 right so that's that's obviously one of the main things there so whether or not let's say you didn't do audio podcasts you could go do lyft you could do uber um you yeah, could um true. there are so many side hustles out there to make money that people don't even know about. And if they did know about it, they would have been doing it yesterday. Yeah. So, um, so yes, yeah, so, I mean, that, that practically looks like going to work, coming home, uh, Gary V says, you know, kiss the dog, kiss the babies, um, you know, have dinner and then boom, you're working till like one or two in the morning, you know, <laughs> that was me last night for sure. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I work from eight to five. Uh, you know, I have dinner with the kids. I put them to bed and then nine, nine thirty, I get at it again from nine thirty to, you know, 12 or to one. I'm just <laughs> grinding away again. So <laughs> this is like me putting in my time and effort to really build myself so I can help my family grow and to prepare for our future. 
and and just to give some value like on a psychological approach and even on men and women relationships how this balances in a marriage there's a really great book by Alison A Armstrong uh called The Amazing Development of Men and that book what it does is it breaks down men's development into the stages of um of like knighthood and like you know basically back in the day when it was based on honor so a squire a knight um a prince and then a king and you know i'd highly suggest anybody who's kind of going through this or trying to identify where they are at in their personal development as men she also has a book for women so any ladies who are are reaching this well um it's called the understanding the mystery and um and and those two books would be able to really help you because right now that, that that's the realness right the, the realness of this is how do i navigate business within my relationships because the reality is it's really sad a lot of marriages end in divorce because of finances they uh-huh. they they people put this puts so much strain it can put so much strain on there so i i definitely want to put that you know out there like that's an opportunity like what you're doing and stuff like that but at the same time you know allowing your spouse to have those resources to know what um what to kind of expect so for me right now like i my personal development would be a growing prince and so that means like a growing prince is someone who's going to have their like their 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 nose to the grind like you know like they are working day in day out and if and if, and if a lady were to date me like i would give her that book almost immediately and be able to say like like look this is exactly like i want you like for us to go through this book together and for you to understand like you know for a relationship to work like this is where i'm at right now because a growing prince is someone who is laying down the foundation to build his his castle for his queen, right? To build his kingdom for his queen. <laughs> and so, yeah. so yeah. So I mean, and and you, that you can be you can be married and be a growing prince, right? You can be. It doesn't necessarily matter if like you're single or not. But yeah. you know, that's the reality of bringing that into here. And I, I I think I would be a, bring a big disservice if I just you know said those things without addressing the social reality of yeah, um yeah, okay. of this as well but i mean going back to entrepreneurship in 2020 i, I just wanted to address it before i get there um it's perfect entrepreneurship in 2020 man um what, what ever since we had our, our conversation there in, in in san diego hearing the what, what do you call them the, the <laughs> in walruses La Jolla, in La Jolla. the sea lions yeah, the barking sea lions. the waves crashing <laughs> yeah no it was so epic was but cool. you know one of the things that i thought about is is disruption and automation so okay you know if you go into samsung and i'm not working there anymore so i don't have an nda anymore but if you go into the actual fab, it looks like Star Trek or it looks like freaking Star Wars. Like it is so automated. It looks like you're walking in a spaceship because, you know, humans are just there to clean the machines. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And so when yeah. you put that into a perspective of like, you know, why people would stop, stop having you as a client or, you know, being your audio engineer is you have to think ahead, you know, of like, how can I put my offer in front of the offer? Right. So that, that's always what I was always told of like, if let's say, okay, prime example, automation is, is, and, um, is disruption right now. So, I mean, basically your job as an audio engineer or anybody in audio right now has the higher potential to be disrupted by technology because as it gets better, you know, in the sense of like what the common ear is, um, uh-huh. that they're, they're not going to be looking for the higher end you know of like audio production because you know it it can like you were saying too with within uh final cut or anything like that like people just kind of put those filters or those things they drag and drop which i i do as well 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. But to the extent of it, it's like, how do I reinvent my offer? Right. So how okay. do I, if I'm going to be disrupted, if I'm going to be replaced, you know, by a machine, how can I put, how can I reinvent my offer to where now I become uh, relevant again? Okay. And then like a machine will, is not going to replace you anytime soon or at exactly. all. So, so, okay. so now, so we, we could take this practically now to website builders. That was okay, an actual yeah, yeah. Okay. job. People were saying, and it's still today, I can build your website. Or you can go to Squarespace and everything is a template and drag and drop. Exactly. And it's kind of built for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then, so then all of a sudden, if I was a website builder, which I could, I could, I'm, I could definitely do that now. It's a lot easier for me in secondhand nature yeah. is that that's a whole service in itself that I would say, Hey, I can be your website builder, but then I use Squarespace to be able to build websites because uh, I they can build them a lot faster and like that. Or yeah. check this out. I could actually create a whole masterclass or, you know, a, a business a learning product based on how to expedite your learning curve by 80%, right? By taking this class. Uh, yeah, I see that. And then you just tell them what you already know. Exactly. And yeah. it's the same principle. Of why do you read a book? And it's something that took people 15 years. You can learn it in two days. Yeah. Oh, I talked about that too. You know, I was reading the book Contagious by Jonah Berger and he mm-hmm. was it took him 10 years to do all the research on why um, it to explain why things go viral. And yep. I was like, wow, it took him 10 years of his life and all hours upon hours of studying. And then I get to read all those findings in one week. And that's what blew my mind. And I was like, oh my goodness. So there's more books out there that have people's like life's uh, mission in those books. And I get to read it, you know, in a week or two and get all their knowledge like right away. Absolutely. No, that, I mean, that that's the key. And, uh, yeah. and I, I would just say in 2020 is to tap into that. You don't have to reinvent the will. So I guess taking that to like something like what I do, I know how to, you know, produce and edit a podcast like, the back of my palm, you know, just like super, like without thinking about it. I have everything automated, like all the, you know, normalizing, hard limiting EQ, like comp- compression, DSing, um, uh, gates and noise gates and whatnot. And I have every all those presets and everything like hot keyed on my keyboard. And I'm sure there might be other people that are interested in learning how to do that. Oh yeah. No, I mean like that's going to be the thing is you know, podcasting is a trend that, you know, I'm going, I'm currently going through Ty Lopez's, I've seen a time about like, this kind of like billionaire mentorship program. And, yeah. um, and so like that, I'm learning so much in just that took him a whole lifetime to learn. Um, but check this out. He's like in his like late thirties, early forties. So, uh-huh. I mean, it obviously, didn't, his whole lifetime is still pretty young. Um, yeah. Because yeah. he used the same principle and this dude's a billionaire. Like, He's like, I don't, the only reason I charge you for this, these classes is because you need to have that, that skin in the game. The thing we talked about early in the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's not, well, it wouldn't be fair to anyone just to give it to you for free. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Because. It's his time. Yeah. What, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, the, you know, and, and I think like ultimately when we look at platforms, that's going to be one of the biggest trends that I would say um, either you become part of a platform or you create your own platform. Now, uh-huh. a great book. You know, I've just been dropping so many books. <laughs> um, yeah, I just bought this book too. I think you're about to say what I think. The Business of Platforms? Yes, by the three people. I just bought it actually and just came in yesterday. Uh, awesome. Yeah, it's Strategy in the Age of Digital Competition, Innovation, and Power. So basically, in Tree of Experts, this is the little 
thing here uh, on high tech business strategy and innovation reveal the principles that have made platform businesses the most valuable firms in the world and the first trillion dollar mm-hmm. companies. So um, trillion dollar, trillion wow. dollar right? Okay. So, I mean, there, there is so much stuff in there that, you know, even when LifeSite, so um, basically one of the four things that I built for them this year was <laughs> a social community app. Um, yeah. And yeah. that's another huge right. <laughs> little platform <laughs> from podcasting platform to building a social site. Wow. Yeah. You know, so, and it's, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it holds a lot more potential, um, mm-hmm. you know, and in our first launch, we had 5,000 downloads. We had 5,000 active users within the first month. So like, that's oh, been, wow. that's been pretty, like pretty crazy when you look at what's, what's going on there. But the main reason we really need to, and how we're going to grow that is by looking at our digital strategy, looking at how can we create app exclusive content? Like, you know, are we going to have network effects, which is talked about in this book? Um, so literally taking this book that they did 15 year studies on and executing 15 on them. years. Wow. Like yeah. executing on them right away because wow. that that's going to be, and obviously you see what is more relevant in your sector, what's relevant in your mm-hmm. in industry. But um, I mean, ultimately, I think in 2020, that is going to be key. Either you become a part of a platform or you become the platform. Wow, Brian, you have given us so much to think about. Like, I'm super excited to, uh, you know, just continue to learn more about, you know, entrepreneurship and this about more about this entrepreneurship. And I hope that everyone listening that you, you know, you got some key nuggets and some a lot of little good old gold nuggets as well out of everything that Brian has said. Maybe some chicken nuggets, Um, too, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm hungry now. (laughs) So, hey, Brian, um, uh, tell us where we can learn more about you and your projects and where you would like to send people. Yeah. You know, so it's funny. I, I did something earlier about like, I'm not selling anything and, and that's true. It's true. Um, but like the thing is, is that I realized like, man, what I would love to be able to have my, my vision now for my life is to my own business strategy consulting firm. So, you know, definitely it's, it's still in the mix right now, but my own little um, digital media kind of like agency it's called versa alto yeah um so versaalto.com and that's that's basically where where i'm at um and right now i'm kind of just like you know it's it's literally less than a side mm. gig right now like it's it's something that i'm really <laughs> putting a lot more of my time into like where i'm working in LifeSite news um uh-huh. so a lot of the stuff there but i love to do the behind the scenes stuff for LifeSite and see that mission grow um but, but yeah, no, I said like if there's a secondary thing, if you have any questions or, you know, want to schedule a consulting session, totally free because right now I don't even have a pricing structure or anything like that. But, um, oh, wow. but yeah, no, if people want to just say, hey, I know Nick, I heard you off the NCC radio, I would totally give you a free consultation about what you're doing. NCC radio, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> NCC Audio Podcast now turned into NCC Radio. <laughs> oh, I thought your name was NCC Radio. My bad. No, that's cool. No, I like it. Okay, so how do people reach you for any um, advice or to help them build their you know strategy of the, for their business? Yeah, so if you go to, um, you can hit me up at, literally my email is brian.limas at iCloud.com. Nice. So yeah. in like five years from now, people will listen to this and like, 
they're going to reach out to and like you're going to have so many people like dang why did yeah. i give my email address out on that podcast i know well it'll, years it's ago? funny because i just got an email thing like my i because i've had that since i was like 18 so it's like it's like it's about to be full we're about to, like you can't even like yeah. upgrade your stuff <laughs> and oh so, my gosh well so yeah hopefully it's going to be probably brian at versaalto.com in the future no I, I absolutely assume. i i think i have a support at versaalto.com but I, and it re- redirects. Oh, like okay. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's yeah, it called? Perfect. So people, yeah, you can give me a support at Versa Alto and it'll hit me up in my email. Um, and how do you spell Versa Alto? It's a V. It's kind of like how it sounds. Yeah, V-E-R-S-O-A-L-T-O dot com. Versa Alto. Perfect. Yeah. Wow, Brian. Uh, thank you so much for coming on uh, the NCC Audio podcast to teach us, you know, more about entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship and you know, how to build, you know, a digital media platform and business in the year of 2020 and on. Yeah, man, it's exciting. Thank you for having me. And uh, like I said, in any ways that we can help, you said if people are going to come back, look back on it, and it's like, hey, man, you got to have a freaking consultation with Verso Alto. So that's going to be yeah. <laughs> um, that's going to be a name to look out for. So I would say. Great. Uh, thank you so much. And everyone listening, you know, uh, go to nccaudio.com. Check out the previous podcast if you want to learn more about me and um, my business. And um, thank you all for listening. Alrighty. Peace out. Bye. Ciao.